2: This is the
3: Ocean Protect podcast talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect. Committed to change.
0: Where is Ocean Protect now? So people again listeners of this show won't actually know what Ocean Protect even is. So what is Ocean Protect today?
1: Wow. Well we're not much different to what we were really. Like we and that's the one real I think value of what we do. We you know, a lot of people say, oh, we've got the best people. But Brad, really, we have the big deal, you know, so that's pretty <laughs> impressive. But but seriously, we have, we have great people, you know, we've got great engineers, great sales staff, great guys in production. We care about the people in the company. We provide probably more than what other companies do, like, you know, regularly for these guys. We really care about how they're going. And that's one of the things with COVID. We're worried about everyone's mental health and checking in on people and making sure they're okay. But it reminds me now of a family business but with a bit bit more structure and a bit more bulk. Mm. You know, we've still got that caring, sharing, put your arm around people, hey, you okay. But also we're more corporate than what we were. You know, we're we have almost forty five people now. So thirty thousand store foot of cartridges, nine different technologies. We're installing all over the place and we're maintaining our gear, which for me was a real key and also for Jeremy was a real key in in the business plan moving forward. There's no point just putting it in and saying, hey, you know what, our job's done. The amount of presentations I've seen about some concept that'll be great when it's done but it's not finished yet for me is not getting it done. I want to see it in the ground. I want to see it maintained and when it's getting maintained – that's what I know it's getting the job done. You know, I really want to quantify it as an engineer. You know, that's the engineer in me going, you know what, let's quantify what we're actually doing for this problem. So we've really expanded... That part of the business as well, not just the supply and everything we do at the front, but also the back as well. So that's probably the change. The business is more rounded these days, and we're actually making a meaningful contribution, I think, to the problem. And for the for
3: the listeners, this is going to sound crazy. So everywhere, even you know, America, uh, New Zealand, Australia, where where you see councils and regulators putting these stormwater assets in or underground rubbish bins that we make, it's actually not a law yet that make you clean them out it's it's mind-blowing so you we we put in these assets and around new developments councils put them in developers put them in and then people go well do i have to clean out the pollution and the answer is well no one's going to come around and, and tell you you know you're bad but basically there is no enforcement of maintenance that's what we and brad what brad does we advocate for Better regulation in this space, and that is a key driver of what what makes us different. There's no point putting this infrastructure in and not cleaning them out. It's like having septic tanks and not emptying them out. You know, it's it's just ludicrous. And slowly but surely, we are starting to see some councils turn around and and, and start to mandate the maintenance of these devices. But yeah, we've we've now built a maintenance business. we've got a you know a few trucks out there and whilst we're not we're not a big maintenance company like the other ones out there like the Beolias and, and those guys we've got a, a good bunch of you know maintenance crew that go out and regularly clean all our devices I think we've got what 400 500 maintenance contracts something like that so you know we've gone from I think our first maintenance truck was that little oh Betty Betsy the white Ute. An ex rental budget. That's right. Rent a car, ute. We'd go out and clean them by hand. Wixie would. I would. You know, on your way home, can you go do a maintenance clean? Sure. You know, so you go from wearing a suit and, you know, being in front of an engineer or a developer, you'd have your change of clothes in the back, you put your overalls on and, you know, got your confined space, go down and clean some filters out. Boom.
0: So just to recap, so for people who don't know Ocean Protect, and they might have got some from the conversation, but we install stormwater treatment assets to basically stop stormwater pollution from going into our waterways. We obviously maintain a lot of those devices. So I think the numbers that I've last seen, we've got about 50,000 of our assets that have been input in the ground around Australia. We maintain about 10,000 of those. And look, I think Michael referenced, we've got about 40-something staff across uh, eastern Australia, so offices in Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne. And we put devices in generally east coast Australia. I guess something we haven't really talked about, and Jeremy mentions it a little bit in terms of the advocacy work. So two or three years ago, you guys were previously called Stormwater 360 Australia, but you decided to essentially change your name to now Ocean Protect. So do you want to to talk to that?
3: Yeah, everyone thought we were mad really well everyone thought that i was mad wixie was like yeah i don't care i'm like no (laughs) we've got to change the conversation you go to talk to someone and they say you know what do you do oh i've got a company called stormwater 360 You, you see them just glaze over you know what you lay pipe you you what do you guys do so we wanted to change and 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 start the conversation and we landed on ocean protect after a lot of a lot of fluffing around. It was ocean protection.
1: first time Jeremy said that, I was like, get real. I was yeah, like, I, yeah, I, you... I didn't like it. And then it's like when you listen to an album, you know, first time you listening, you go, really? Yeah. You know, really?
3: Well, it's like Brad, my this friend. Sort of of Brad Zeppelin,
1: really? What's all the hype about him? I don't really understand. You know, same with Brad. What's the hype? But once yeah. you actually get to know <laughs> it, <laughs> once you get to know it and it sort of grows on you, and, and over about a week it grew, and I went, like, you know what? This is a really simple without a tagline that says exactly what we do. This is really cool.
3: And it also resonates with a wider base. So you can have a conversation with Wixie's children. What do you guys do? Ocean with Tech. They start telling their friends, oh, this is what dad does. And it makes it very simple for us to tell our story. 80% of the world's pollution comes from land. And the vast majority of that comes via stormwater runoff. So When it rains, it washes our cities clean. That water, that you know, the big downpours happen. All that water goes down here, creeks, rivers, and oceans. But that mobilizes all the pollution that we see in our oceans. So plastic is obviously, well, plastic's been one of our friends, really. You know, people hate me saying that, but it's really shone a light on this massive problem. Plastic is... Just one of the things that goes down our drains. And I remember talking to Wixie like 10 years ago. Plastic's the easiest thing to take out of stormwater. Correct me if I'm wrong, Wixie. Screen it, easy. Just screen it, you know. You're not dealing with soluble pollutants or very fine particles. You just screen it. So it's enabled us to really start this conversation and to make it easy for, you know, everyone to understand how pollution gets out to our ocean and tells the story of what we do. I mean, Brad Oshematte,
0: you loved it, didn't you? Well, I said to you, I guess in the job interview, if you want to call it that, I said to you, "You've got to change your name." I will, I will, I will. I think that's probably the key reason why you change your name. I said, "The big deal will come on board uh, if you change oh it." <laughs> that's, that's
3: so well,
1: look, you know, uh, lucky this is an audio medium because otherwise you'd see flexing right now. Yeah,
0: I could see what you would kind of. Aspiring to do in terms of change industry. And I said, fundamentally, you've got to change your narrative. You've got to change your story. You've got to change your name. But it isn't just about a name change, clearly. Was it's, a about, change. Was. it's a directional change. It's a directional change.
1: But it was a few people, to be fair, it was yourself. It was a few other meetings that we had where, you know, a guy would look at us and go, Oh, I've got this 10 30 meeting, Stormwater 360, yawn. And it wasn't until we actually come and said, Hey, this is what we do. And this is how we stop that plastic in the ocean. They were like, well, that's way cooler than, you know, Stormwater 360 Australia, like, hello.
0: Yeah, and um, what I've seen... And I guess I, I've seen because I've been a part of it is just the, the narrative change. Like Ocean Protect is just so active in telling this story. We're driving change, whether it be the webinars that we do, the media sort of things that we do, particularly early on. Uh, I think Jeremy was sort of the, the bell of the ball in the newspapers. He's, he's wobbling his head. You know, he's a big deal, but, uh, he was in the, in various and, and to be honest, having said that, that takes a lot of effort. And to be honest, a lot of money. You got to, you got to spend money on media and PR and getting your sort of name and, Uh, Story out there in the press, but I think that was done really quite successfully.
1: And of course, like you know, we we are a bit more relaxed these days. You know, not worried about defaulting on a second mortgage. Like (laughs) you know, we can actually go back out and say, "All right, we're getting the job done, and we're and we're doing it well." And I think better than anyone else. We can then also say, "Well, okay, cool. How do we send this message to the masses? Because it's not hard. You know, a six year old can get it. So hey, how about we?" Do our right and do our bit for the environment and educate as many people as we can about what the problem is and, and how we solve it. We're not going and saying, Here's the problem, we don't know how to do it. We're saying, here's the problem, stop single use plastics, stop you know, mitigate what you can, treat where you can, maintain where you can. Like that's that's effectively what we're saying.
0: I think we've got a lot of podcast listeners, but I think a lot of people might not actually realize that when Ocean Protect, I guess, went through this rebranding process, there there was a decision made to essentially have three pillars to the business. We're still maintaining, I guess, that innovation around designing, installing, and maintaining assets to stop pollution. So that's the innovation pillar. But we also established essentially two other pillars, one being advocacy. And Jeremy spoke to the fact that we're sort of basically advocating, you know, government, councils, et cetera, to essentially drive better change or drive better practice in terms of cash and stormwater management. So key things that we've been advocating for is change in policies and enforcement of existing legislation around stormwater management. You know, Jeremy mentioned that the legislation around maintenance of assets. To be honest, most areas in Australia, it is still illegal to not maintain treatment assets. But like Jeremy indicated, there's no enforcement of that legislation. So that's something Ocean Protect have really been quite active in basically driving change. And in my opinion, and this is amazing given it's only been two or three years down the track, that's actually been really effective. We've actually seen a lot more councils, a lot more regulators take essentially our advice and actually... Drive change within their own organizations to encourage better maintenance. The other pillar that we have is education. Obviously, a key pillar of that is this podcast, and we reach about 500 people a week and talk to the issues just like stormwater management and protecting our oceans from pollution, et cetera. But people might not realize we actually fund the Keeping Waterways Module program under Keep Australia Beautiful New South Wales. That educates thousands of kids across the state around marine pollution. We also teamed up with EcoEducate to help better teach kids in, in Queensland around stormwater pollution and how to protect our waterways from you know, litter and plastics and stuff like that. We've also donated a
3: hell of a lot of money to some organisations mm. that, that align with what we're doing. So I think in the early days, was well, the Sea Turtle Foundation, Take Three for the Sea, Australian Seabird
0: Rescue, Australian Association of Environmental Education, yeah, yeah, and do we do Plastic Free July? Plastic yeah, Free July, yeah, yeah. So each of those organisations got a fairly significant sum of money to help better do what they do because they're out there
3: as non for profits. It's very hard, and you know, to to get money, but they were out there really concentrating on on the messaging and it really aligned with what we're doing. So. I don't think I was the flavor of the month when I sort of said, "Hey, Wixie, can we donate a heap of money?" He was, you know, what are you talking about?
1: We've got all this stuff we're going to buy. You know, we're going to yeah, yeah. trucks, and we're going to, you know, we're going to clean stuff out and hair products.
2: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
1: <laughs> you know, we need to build this over here. And-
3: but to your point, Brad, we have. And a couple of years ago, we came up with an initiative called Zero Litter to Ocean. And our mind, and I think Wixie said it the other day, this is not climate change. It's not up to debate. We, we know how pollution goes into our oceans. So effectively, we know how to fix that and stop it. It's an absolute so we created a document and for anyone that's interested it's on our website, Zero Little Ocean. I think we've got a website called Zero Little Ocean. Yeah, we do. And it's about going out to your councils and going out to the, the the local government areas and getting them to work with state and federal governments. I mean, the thing about stormwater for the for the listeners, it's unique. It crosses Physical boundaries, you know, so if, if you're looking at Sydney, for instance, you know, you've got rivers that get, that go through many different councils and different catchment areas. So it crosses physical boundaries. It also crosses political boundaries from local government to state government to federal government. And water flows through all these different areas. And it's hard for people to sometimes take responsibility for it. So we created this document. And we went out to basically anyone and everyone that to try and get some support. I remember Brad and I. I mean, we we're on the blower so much back then, weren't we? Just pestering and pestering and pestering. But we've been pretty successful. And even the federal government reached out to me ten days ago, two weeks ago, wasn't it, Brad? And said, "Hey, we're we're relooking at this. Can you resend it through?" So yeah. we have. It's it's taken a lot longer, but I really think we are starting to drive change.
0: Yeah, that document and policy is on you. I'll include a link in the show notes. But I think the key thing from my perspective is that policy is still there. That policy is still ready to rock and roll. We sort of developed it as an environmental initiative. But then when COVID hit, we sort of realized there was a whole bunch of benefits associated with creating jobs and improving our local economy. It's all scalable. It's all creating local jobs within various parts of Australia. And that policy is still there. We're still in the dramas of covid It looks to be not getting that much better, but there's still a great need for around creating uh, an improved economy to help us recover out of this sort of mess of COVID. And I still think it's got legs and I still think there's going to be potential interest from federal and state government in the not too distant future.
3: And it must be noted that we made this policy in conjunction with Stormwater New South Wales and we have had great support from Stormwater Queensland, Stormwater Victoria. I mean, how many
0: people have signed up to it? Ah, Oh, it stacks. I'm guessing about 80 or so uh, NGOs, councils, private industry groups, et cetera.
3: Well, look, I, I still think we can get it up. I mean, just because of oh, COVID. I do. I mean, for, for the listeners out there, we need heaps of people to go out and clean underground rubbish bins. There's a job there. You know what I mean? There's mm. pollution sitting in underground rubbish bins all over the country. And we're trying to stimulate the economy, get people out working. And it's also, it's pretty COVID safe. You're outdoors. You're typically by yourself, or with one other person. So, yeah, people should have a look at that.
0: But one, one thing, ch- just changing tack a bit now, like so people talk about, you know, obviously a lot of people t- want to aspire to get into environmental sort of business activities and eco entrepreneurship and stuff. And whilst we sort of focus a little bit on, you know, I guess some of the difficulties from a financial perspective and, you know, running a business without any money for so long, et cetera, I think a lot of people think that oh, be- just because we're in this sort of benevolent industry of trying to protect our oceans from pollution it's kind of all, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but fundamentally we are often dealing with competitors and often these competitors, let's face it, Michael and Jeremy, don't necessarily have the same attitudes and ethics.
3: Oh, there's some, we've got some competitors that are grubs. We can say that, you know, we, we do. I mean, it's one of those things we, we, we literally do the right thing 99.9% of the time. Gee, some of our competitors that, that, just don't care. They just want to sell the product, walk away. They don't have to clean it. They don't have to maintain it. They don't care if it's not working in, in a year's time. And that does give our industry a, a bad name, but hopefully by us, you know, holding that sort of moral bar and holding that high, it's, it, it brings up the industry to our level. What do you reckon, Wixie?
1: No, oh, it's, a, it's a, frust- a daily frustration. I think you're probably being kind sometimes with the words you use, but really it's 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 frustrating. You know, I started this because I care about the environment. Look, if I want to go and surf in a crowded spot full of crap, I can, I can go overseas and do that. There's plenty of places, which I won't mention, which have got great waves, but it's just diabolical. I don't want that. I don't want that for me. I don't want it for my kids. You know, I'd love to go out and paddle for a surf and not, paddle through a plastic bag that someone's, you know, some turtle or fish is going to eat, you know, it's going to break down into tiny little pieces and and go all the way through our waterways. I don't want that, you know, so I want to make change. I want to make serious change. And look, love me or hate me for it, but I've got no time for just BS, really.
3: It is another little nugget. for, For anyone that's out there, people don't well, didn't like us because we were making money from saving the environment. Some people were like, you guys are making too much money for your own good, and I'm going to change that. So there's a lot of people that sort of looked into us and went, oh, well, hold on. And that's not, a, that's not a nice thing to have. We wake up every day very proud of what we do. We make money. We pay taxes. We employ people and their families and, and everything. And we save seven ton of crap going into our oceans on a daily basis. People
1: try and knock you down. What else would you do? Do you, do you want a heap of environmental businesses making no money, not paying for schools and roads and that thing called hospitals that we sort of need in, in COVID? Or do you want to be an environmental business that's protecting the environment, employing people and paying their taxes and paying for our hospitals and infrastructure? Like we, that's, that's what we need. You know, mm. We yeah. don't need businesses that aren't making money. We need some that are making money, but I think environmentally and sustainably as well. And if you can tick all those boxes, fantastic. That's the businesses that we would all should be involved in, and all want to invest in. That's 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 my personal belief. The haters
3: will always hate.
0: You know? Haters gonna hate.
1: But they don't see the the thirteen years of zero dollars and the two yeah. mortgages and you know and, and and all the crap that goes with it. They just see, oh, you guys are out there, big flashy ocean protect branding. You guys must be doing great. Well, mm. yeah, but. But it took a long way to get here and we haven't forgot where we come from and Mm. we're still keeping true to the core beliefs of when we first started out. But people are quick to and they're easy to forget. Oh, you know, you guys are fine. Well, we weren't always. And that's why we support other guys in our space who are trying to generally do the right thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's about being effective. I think one. I remember very early on, Jeremy, you remember we went to the Sydney Litter Conference and there was us two and a whole bunch of Small community group uh, volunteers who were there, obviously very passionate about protecting our environment and oceans from pollution, etc. But she was there were so many individuals from my perspective that were just had no resources to do really anything apart from just clean up their local beaches occasionally. And it was a real eye-opener. It was just like, well, to to actually essentially do have an effective, I guess, a really effective impact on protecting our oceans. To be honest, you kind of do need to be suitably resourced, and often that does need money. And to have to be to have money, you often need an appropriately successful business, essentially generating that revenue. Now, you can take that revenue and just keep it all for yourself, but if you can, if you can sort of reinvest it into other sort of initiatives as well, great.
1: And you should you should be reinvesting in the future. Things will change, and and you need to invest in your people, and you need to invest in your technology. You need to be more efficient than what you were the day, the weeks, the years before that. You need to continue, mm. keep improving, you know, and. Yeah, it's like a beach cleanup. You look at the amount of man hours it takes to remove one or two tonnes of, of, of plastic. Like, okay, cool, one of our traps can remove that and we clean it out with a truck once every quarter. Like, you know, it's so many minimal man hours. But, again, we just need to get more efficient with the way we do it.
3: Beach cleanups, and I've done a few, God, they annoy me because every time I do them, I'm going, Oh, we could have stopped this from happening in the first place. Most of the ones I've done is with Brad, and Brad dislikes Prancing up and down the beach of one
1: <laughs> He wears a skinnier sock. I never took Brad as that sort of type. For, <laughs> for,
3: for the listeners, Brad Dalrymple actually calls himself Brad the Big
0: Deal. Like he's saved in my phone as Brad the Big Deal. Hang on, hang on. Do I call myself or do you call, my, call me the Big Deal? And Michael calls me the Big Deal.
1: I never had a website saying the Big Deal. Yeah. I never had a website so, calling myself the Big you, Deal you either. You
3: you did Don't lie. i didn't you for all the all the listeners he did he he really I, I had it. a
0: website called big deal triathlete uh, who, and that was a, a triathlon coaching initiative and look you know you know if you've got a lot you got to let it shine michael and jeremy but uh look it's been a hell of a chat it's been a hell of a chat getting back to uh, all the more serious matters but i'm keen to actually get your feedback on so there's a lot of people That listen to the show who would love to essentially do something really effective for the planet in their whether it be in their day-to-day lives or even create a career around protecting the environment who wants to go have first crack giving some advice okay
3: first crack if you want to make a big change find out who your local counselor is you know find out what's happening in your local area go to your local council and go hey you know i've been listening to this podcast This is how pollution goes out to the ocean. Do we have these underground rubbish bins? And if so, are we cleaning them out? You know, we've got to go back to your local communities and put pressure on local governments to fix the problem. If you don't put pressure on them, then they're not going to do anything. And let's face it, all these devices are under the ground, out of sight, out of mind. I would encourage you to go to your local councils and start the conversation. What are you doing about stormwater treatment
0: in my area?
1: Cool. Michael? Oh look, you know, obviously eat your wheat, picks and your greens. That's a that's the start, and go to school. Definitely eat your greens. Definitely eat your greens <laughs> and go to school. Oh, look, for me, you've you've got to have the passion. You've really got to believe in in sort of what you're doing first and foremost, because there'll be days where you sort of question what you're doing and why. But if if the belief is there, that'll see you through the tough times. Um, I would also look at yes, yeah, Jeremy said, speak to you. Speak to your local governments and people like that. Look for legislation in what you want to do. If there's a legislative or regulatory requirement in how you're trying to protect the environment, that will make it much easier than people just sitting and saying, oh, well, you know, that's a nice to have or that's gold plating for the environment. I don't really want to do that. If there's some legislation tied to it and they have to do it you know, and it's good for the environment, yeah, then you know you're on the right path. So I think, you know, if you can focus on helping that legislation and people sometimes say, oh, too much red tape. But again, as some people we know like to take shortcuts and they don't care about the environment like we do. Not everyone does, you know. So, okay, if there's a legislative requirement to protect the environment and the area that you're interested and focused on, that will go a long way as well as you having the passion and belief in, in what you're doing to make meaningful change.
3: The last thing uh, would be just to have a crack. You know, you roll up your sleeves and, and have a crack. If you don't go out and, and start, that's the biggest thing. So get out there and have a crack. Yeah, and, mm. and don't
1: be don't be scared of failure. Don't don't be scared of saying you're wrong. Look, I've been wrong. I put my head up. I've been wrong more times than probably everyone on this call. But you know, don't don't be afraid. You know, of that. You learn a lot from mistakes. Take something from it. Today in the mainstream media and in politics, I see no one wants to say they're wrong, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, we're all human. We make mistakes. Okay, learn from it, move on. Don't make the same mistake again. Grow from that, you know, and, and take a little bit of risk here and there. You know, as long as it's calculated, it's not terminal, you know, take the risk, you know, because you if you just sit there and stay in your lane and keep doing the same thing, nothing will ever change.
0: We need to land this plane because Michael and myself are in a meeting with a councillor. Speaking of talking to your local councillor, we're in a meeting with a councillor in about 25 minutes. So, but one thing one thing we haven't even talked about is I've seen some old photos of you too in uh, your early days of Stormwater 360. And my Lord, and I'm going to put these photos in the promotional. They are, wow. if you're on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, anyone, jump on the Ocean Protect page and check out the the, the, the photos that will come with the promotion. Have you, piece, have you uh, got these? Because there are some absolute duties. But I guess the, the, the question I had for you guys, do you reckon those two whippersnappers 20 years ago, if they could look back and see what you guys have achieved, how, how do you reckon that'd feel?
3: That's a good question, Brad. Just for your best question I've ever heard. How do you think <laughs> they would feel? It's a sense of fulfillment. And we haven't got the job done yet. You know, there's always going to be more to do. But I'm really proud of Wixie and, and everyone at Ocean Protect that, that's been along the way, even former employees. We've really made a difference. And when you lie in bed at night and you're stressed out about this or that, we are actually making a difference and stopping a huge amount of pollution going out to our waterways. And um, yeah, I'm pretty, really proud of everyone.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I think that the younger version of myself would have said, yeah, yeah, we were right. Yeah, that's nice, but. I sort of look at it now and go, you know, whilst we've done quite well, the job is not, as Jeremy said, the job's not done. We we still have piecemeal legislation all over the place. Is it better than what it was and are we making a meaningful contribution? Yes. Are we doing the best job we can? No. So I see this for me as uh, the movie's only half over, Brad. Ask me when it's finished.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Oh, mate, well, this has been a nice chat, Bradley and
0: Mike. It's been a lovely chat. I, I, I found it fascinating and I'm sure actually a lot of our listeners will and I reckon a lot of our staff will tune into this one and love hearing about the early days and the and the bank dramas and, and the punch-ups and all the other stuff that goes in between. But look, thanks for coming on the show today, Michael. I reckon we'll have to get you back on and uh, delve into some of the more detail around eco entrepreneurship because I, I reckon there's a lot of interest around... Oh, hang on, Jeremy's showing us what?
3: Oh, is I've, I've, just, I've just, I've just, I've, I reckon I've got a few more crackers of Wixie and I in the early days.
1: Actually, that's that's another guest right there in that photo because I remember that night. Do you remember that night? Uh oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Powell, you're Scott,
3: coming on the show, Scott Perry coming down. Yeah, that that's a whole nother story for next time. But I've got some great photos here.
0: This has been a great chat, gentlemen. Michael and myself do need to scuttle off to a meeting, but until next time, be good, eat your veggies.
1: Thanks, Brad. Hostess with the mostess. Boom boom, shake the room. Boom boom. Thanks for listening
3: to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.